Welcome to All Things Sleep and Parenting. I'm Pam. And I'm Elisa. We are holistic infant and child sleep consultants with a background in early childhood education. And we're the founders of Restful Parenting. And I'm Heidi. I'm also an early childhood educator and the owner of Blossom Early Learning. Join us as we chat all things sleep, parenting, development, and everything in between. Be sure to hit subscribe and share with your friends and family. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode. As always, I have Elisa. Hello. And I am Pam. And this week we have a special guest. It's not Jen. We have another special guest. And this one is going to be a sensitive topic, but one that's really important. One that we really want to get out because we know everybody is either going to be touched by this or will know somebody who's touched by this. Um, so today with us, we have Andréanne Charbonneau. She's a certified trauma-informed pregnancy and infant loss coach with a PhD in psychology. She's passionate about providing compassionate support to individuals who've experienced perinatal loss or infertility challenges at any point in their journey. She also offers guidance to those navigating the complexities of supporting a loved one. She learned firsthand that with the right support, it is possible to find hope and healing in the complex and often isolating experience. She hopes that her work will be able to help build a supportive and compassionate community for those experiencing loss or infertility in Northern Ontario. That's um, where Adrienne is from. She's from my hometown, Kapiskasing, but uh, she does offer virtual support as well. So um, have a listen, everybody. We're going to jump in to this week's episode. Thank you, Adrienne, for joining us and being here with Thank us today. Thank you, Alyssa and Pam, for having me here today. Absolutely. So before we kind of jump into, you know, the heaviness of pregnancy loss and, and infant loss um, and infertility challenges, can you tell us a little bit maybe about yourself and what led you to the work that you're doing today? Oftentimes I find our, we start one way, but our path takes us another way. So I'd love to hear your uh, journey if you're willing to share. Yeah, absolutely. So this line of work was not exactly part of my plan. I completed a PG in psychology almost five years ago now, but my goal was always to become a professor and focus on research. My plans changed in the last few years after experiencing infertility and recurrent pregnancy losses. So as many knows, those losses, my grief journey, it had a profound impact on my life. It affected me in so many ways, my identity, my self-esteem, my perceived self-worth, my career, my dreams. So I was not really good at talking about my feelings and my go-to method was to deal with these losses um, by repressing my emotions, really to try and escape reality. But by doing so, I lost myself and became really, really isolated. And I knew at that point that I needed support, but I was, it was so hard to find a place to go to. I couldn't find anyone who provided specialized services to bereaved parents in Ontario, um, in Northern Ontario, sorry. And I never was able to get any support services in French. Uh, so my first language is French. And that was really hard for me. And at that point, I made it in my mission to fill this gap in Northern Ontario and that's why for support groups connection groups one-on-one -on -one support workshops and even a support boxes to those close to your campus casing that's you know 
I'm at a loss of words because it is such an important part of our parenting journey. And um, we experienced a loss in between our first and second. And it's really difficult. And like you said, it's hard to it's hard to say, hey, I need help. And that's mm-hmm. where we really want families to know that it is okay, whether it is through loss, whether you know, any of that parenting journey that you need support with to be able to reach out for help and say, hey, I need a little bit of support here. I think tides have turned where we are coming out of the let's suppress emotions because it's true that um, when we don't have that support, when we don't know tools, when we don't know that there um, is stuff out there to help us, we turn inwards um, and Mm -hmm. it can be very isolating. So knowing that we don't want to suppress those emotions and it is healthier for us to be able to to be able to work through it for ourselves, but also for our relationship and with our partner. Um, and then also for, if we do have children, uh, when we lost, we had a f- almost four-year-old. So she was very excited and very clear that there was a baby coming. Um, and that was a difficult ongoing process because it wasn't just once or twice that you explain it to children. It's ongoing um, mm-hmm. over and over again. So if we're not getting the help that we need, it's going to trickle down into the rest of our family, into our relationships. So this support, I'm so, so beyond thrilled that you're able to offer this and in French, um, but be able to offer this to our families. When it comes to pregnancy and infant loss, what's, what, what are some of those big misunderstandings that, that can, that can kind of blanket this grieving process? Um, I think one thing is that people often fail to recognize the death of pregnancy infant loss. People seem to think that it's not as real as any other type of grief, that Mm -hmm. it probably didn't hurt as much because you didn't get the chance to connect as much with that baby, you Mm -hmm. know? And they even have a list of reasons why they believe this to be true. Um, They will say things like, oh, at least you didn't, uh, at least you lost a baby early. Yeah. You know, so many at least. Um, yes. These at least don't don't help. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you're going into any grieving situation and your sentence starts with at least, um, that's not a helpful sentence. <laughs> no. <laughs> and the grief that comes with infertility, pregnancy loss, and infant loss is as real as any other type of grief. Mm-hmm. It hurts so much. The pain is often unbearable. And it has so many impacts on bereaved parents and families, the grief, the trauma, the pain, the hurt, it's all so real. So that is one thing that needs to change, just to acknowledge the grief, the pain that parents are, are going through. Um, another thing that is often uh, that I often hear from bereaved families is that their grief is not a phase. So people think to believe that at one point, they'll be completely okay. You know, after the second, another child, they'll forget that. They'll, it, it will all be over, but there, there is no time limit. It doesn't go away. Nothing you say, nothing you do can make it go away. Um, it really becomes part of their life, part of their, who they are. And even when they seem to be okay, they seem to be better, grief will continue to come in waves. And that is important to remember because you don't want to be there for the grieving person only the first few weeks. They need you for like forever. 
continue to check in yeah yeah it's interesting i saw one of those you know facebook is great for those memes um and it was you know we don't get over grief we grow around our grief so the grief is always there we just we grow and and it's not as impactful as it is in the beginning but it doesn't mean that it's not still there it's still always going to be with us and mm-hmm. yeah checking in checking in with the families especially if it was an earlier loss and and you kind of knew when that due date was like that can be a hard time for the family knowing that they would have been bringing their baby home mm-hmm. around this time um and then families who have lost you know whether it's stillborn um like those milestones are still important to acknowledge mm-hmm. Like I think I'm, I hope I'm right in that. Yeah, no. Um, but acknowledging, yeah. And I like what you said about grief and the uh, visualization that you you presented. Um, I also like to compare grief to you know a uh, amputation. Mm. So when you lose a leg or something, well, you have this period where you need to adapt it will be really hard. The first few months will be so painful, so hard to adapt to this new reality. But at one point, you will find ways. You will find ways to deal with that. You will start to live differently. Mm-hmm. But you will never forget that leg. Like, it will always be part of you. And it's the same thing with grief. The first year, the first months are really, really hard. And you get the chance to learn use tool to to heal but you'll never forget what happened it will always be part of you Mm -hmm. so what can what could some of that support look like like if we have you know there's so many facets to it but if we have like a close family member if we have a friend who's going through it what kind of support um could we offer and then I guess the second part of that would be as a partner, how do we support each other as partners through a loss? Like, is there, do you have any, obviously, obviously this would be a very, you know, ongoing challenge that we would be working through. Mm -hmm. Um, But, but, you know, if you can offer a strategy or two or some helpful advice um, that we can at least get the process started, uh, that would be wonderful. And even a not, of what not to say. Mm, I like that because that's mm-hmm. a hard one too. I find a lot of people won't say anything. So instead of saying the wrong thing, I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. I don't say anything at all. And that also hurts when, it when it's not acknowledged at all. It hurts. Um, so yeah, for a support person, I think The problem is in our society that we often address grief in the wrong way. We see grief as a problem and a problem needs a solution. It needs to be fixed. So people will try to find ways to cheer the person up, help them move on, justify their loss. Like I said, with at least comments. Mm -hmm. But the thing we need to do is change the way we look at grief. Grief is not a problem to be fixed. It does not need a solution. Instead of saying stuff like that, like instead of saying, at least you were only a few weeks pregnant, at least you know you can get pregnant, at least you have another child at home. Mm -hmm. These comments tell 
the grieving person that they should not be sad. They should focus on the positive. They should be happy or at least pretend to be happy. Because it's invalidating. Yeah, it's so... um, it's so uncomfortable for people to be around grief that they try to make it happy, find a happy solution. Mm-hmm. And people don't feel heard, don't feel seen when that happened. So our job when we support someone is not to make them feel happy. It's to make them feel seen and heard. Like Elisa, Elisa said, if you're supporting someone in grief, we need to try and sit in their pain with them without trying to fix it. We need to acknowledge their grief, let them express their emotion. We need to respect their time and space. There is no time limit and that is okay. We are all different in our grief. So we need to let them know that we're t- thinking of them. Reach out, show your love continually, mm-hmm. not just the first week or two. You know, We need to stay connected. Like you said, acknowledging the the dates help as well we need to let them know they're not alone that we see them that we hear them that they're lost uh we can yeah we can also offer practical help um sometimes that helps the support person to feel like they're really doing something you know uh it can be care package help with meals with kids if they do have kids at home with running errands and I think one thing we need to remember is that there's no perfect, perfect words to say. There's no perfect things to do. It's okay to feel awkward, not knowing what to do. And we need to remember that we don't need to be perfect at it. We'll do mistakes, mm-hmm. but we need to be present. We need to be there. So true. One of my, one of my girlfriends lost her mother um, and she said people would not want to bring it up because, mm-hmm. or not want to say anything, acknowledge it because they didn't want to remind her, or, you know, if that was the time where they, where she wasn't thinking about it, they didn't want to bring it up. And she was like, I am thinking about my mom all of the time. Mm-hmm. So, so you're not bringing it up and then making me upset again. It, she is always in the forefront of my mind. So, so exactly like you were saying, acknowledging and even if they're not talking about it saying like you know how are you really doing and is there anything that you that I could do to help out um with other kids around the house like taking like my aunt and my mom used to take Ireland my oldest and it was like an afternoon and she they would take her and it was just or they would take her for the day and it was just so helpful that I could that I could have that time Mm -hmm. to grieve and to be um without having to worry about somebody else like it was it was gave me that freedom and that to me was was very helpful yeah because that's another thing when you're grieving the loss of a child with children at home you don't have as much space to grieve so having your child away with people you trust for a few hours it gives you space to acknowledge your grief just your yourself acknowledging working on it expressing it in ways that are meaningful to you yeah so thank you for that great information of what we can do to support somebody who is grieving um do you have any tools for the person that's grieving that would help them a little bit through this difficult time yes absolutely um I think one thing that is important to remind 
uh, everyone before I do that is that every journey is unique. So our grief is unique. And I want to remind that because what works for someone might not work for someone else. Yes. Um, when in grief, we sometimes search for answers, solution to our pain, but there is no recipe for grief. So there is no one way to grieve. There's only our way. So for that reason, some tools that I might share might not work for everyone. And I think that is important to remember in our society because it is not uncommon for people to feel pressured to grieve a certain way. Yes. Um, there are so many myths about grief so many expectations that put pressure on bereaved parents to get better to get over it to move on um but that is not how grief works so uh that is just a little reminder mm -hmm. but as for tools um i think one tool that is really important is to find a way to express our grief uh when we're grieving like i mentioned at the beginning, we cannot keep it all inside. That's what I did. It did not work. I ended up exploding. <laughs> so you need to find ways to let some emotions out to feel your feelings. And there are so many ways you can choose to do that. So um, some of the ways that can help you is by letting yourself cry when you have a wave of grief that hits you. Taking a long shower, talking about your baby with a loved one. For some people like myself, uh, my go-to tool was reading and writing. Mm. Uh, it really helped me to process my thoughts and my emotions. Journaling, for example, provides uh, a space for your thoughts to go to. So they don't just get stuck in your mind. It allows you to explore and express your thoughts and feelings in a judgment-free zone. So you don't have someone who will, you don't, you're, you don't have to be scared that someone will react. You just mm. let it all out like it feels and engaging with painful emotions of loss can soft, soften them it can help you find some relief so it creates a space for a possibility of healing um, I think another tool is to find a way to honor your loss um, I think one of the things that is really hard and unique to pregnancy infant loss is the lack of rituals and ceremonies being mm. honored Yes. And there, yeah, there is the healing power to meaningful rituals and ceremonies. It creates um, intentional space for us to process our emotions and to honor our baby's life. Yes. And again, just like the first tool, there are so many ways you can choose to do that. Uh, maybe this means writing your baby a letter. Maybe this means getting a meaningful tattoo, getting a memorial jewelry, creating a box that can hold items or notes that connect you to your loss. Uh, um, some people like getting a memorial candle. Uh, one of my friends found a spot, like a physical location that is her space to connect with her baby. Nice. Uh, for some people, this can be the baby's room or a bench by a lake. Uh, so whatever feels right for you. Uh, some people choose to plant a seed or a flower uh, somewhere special. So just the only thing that's, that's important to remember is that when you do, you're using this tool, you need to choose and create a ritual that is meaningful to you. That's what will really have an impact on your healing process. It's like that. It's like you're being able to say goodbye. It's under your 
the way you want to do it. Um, but it gives you a finality. I, f- I feel like that this is our way of doing it to grieve our little one versus it just not having anything at all. I feel like when we don't have anything at all, um, it, it potentially can make it harder to process your grief and, and yeah. work through, work around your grief because we don't have that kind of finality to it or, or closing of the chapter. I don't even feel like that's the right way of saying it, but, but being able to just say, and the, having that ritual of honoring. Yeah, exactly. Like you yeah. said, and honoring and validating and, and, and validating their life. I feel like too, is that, mm-hmm. is that they were a part of us. They were here, they were with us. Yeah. Um, and now they're not. And sometimes when we don't have those ceremonies, that, that aspect of healing can, can, can be a lot harder I feel like mm-hmm. and I think when just like you said it means that their their life no matter how long it was was meaningful to us you know mm-hmm. we acknowledged it and another thing I want you underline here is that we might not be ready to choose that rituals to choose that ceremony in the first few months and that is completely okay no, we don't need to put pressure on ourselves to find this tool right away. One day, maybe you'll be ready. And that's when you decide to do it. That's awesome. Now, Andrianne, if they, if families who are experiencing loss, uh, we mentioned you're in Northern Ontario, but um, you do do virtual one-on-one support, correct? Yes, I do. Okay. So our families can reach out. We're going to have all your information linked in the description of this podcast. So we'll make sure that they can get to you by email and then Facebook and you have a website coming soon. That's very exciting. Yes, it is. (laughs) It's all the little pieces that have to come together. (laughs) Thank you so much, Andrianne, for joining us. I can't tell you how important this conversation was. When I saw your information pop up, I messaged Lisa right away and I was like, we need to chat. So many, Lisa and I work with families of all ages um, and and going through all uh, journeys of parenting and loss is something that happens I think loss is something that happens more than anybody knows and and in past years it it was very isolating nobody talked Mm -hmm. about pregnancy loss or uh, difficulties uh, conceiving and and thankfully with the work that you're doing um, and others are doing, this is becoming a lot more out in the open that we are able to talk about our losses, um, that it's acknowledged that it's a, it's a, it's a very big grieving process for families. So we're so thankful that you were able to take the time and join us today. Um, we, as I said, we'll link up everything so that families can reach out. Is there anything else, any last little words you'd like to say? No, just thank you so much for for having me again here uh, with you today and for the support person just just keep being present and for those grieving you know just I want you to know all of you that you're not alone there are people out there there are and if at any time you guys need help you know you can always reach out to Elise and I we will help you connect with Andrean we will help you connect with anybody that you need help with so you absolutely are not alone in your grief in your parenting on any part of this journey we are here for you as always be sure to follow along in our Facebook group 
and join Lisa and I over on, on Instagram as well. We are there and uh, we'll chat soon. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks, Andrean. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on today's episode. We so appreciate that you've taken that time to come and hang out with us and listen to what we have to say. If you are struggling with sleep or parenting, please know that we have loads of free information on the website um, as well as on the YouTube channel. But if after you've read through everything and you've watched those videos, if you're still struggling, know that you're not alone and that we would love to help. So be sure to check out the website, www.restfulparenting.com. You'll find the link to book your free 15-minute call right there. And if you have any comments or anything you'd like to share with us, please leave them below in the comments. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks.